This is Kevin Brooker. We are cruising through retirement. On today's show, we're going to break down a retirement readiness checklist to help ensure that you are on the right track for retirement. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. It is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This, uh, of course, Kevin is a fiduciary. He's an investment advisor representative. He's got better than 30 years in this business, Silverleaf Financial. Uh, you're an innovator. You're a trendsetter. And you're an all-around good guy. Hey, Kevin, what's hey. going on? <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate that introduction. It is great to be here. Yeah, the uh, you know again, I, I like what we're going to talk about here. We were just talking about it before we got started, about a retirement readiness checklist. I mean, there are things, you know, if you've been a good saver and you start to get, you know, get going and you're starting to get close, I mean, it's it's time to make sure that, uh, you know, the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. It, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and you know, I really recommend doing that. You, you know, sometimes, I mean, life gets in the way, right? People sure. are busy. There's a lot of things going on. But it's really best to take a look. If you're able to do this, check it out in your 40s, you know, if not sooner. Um, it's a good idea to check these things out and look to see if you're on track so that you have time to adjust you know, maybe adapt, maybe allocate more money towards a different vehicle or something, right. uh, any number of things, you know, um, but it's wise to start far, you know, 15, 20 years is my opinion before retirement. But definitely if you're within the last 10 years uh, that we call the retirement red zone, you know, for you football fans out there, um, you're getting close, right? You're getting close to scoring that touchdown. You're getting close to retirement and we want to make sure that you're going to be well prepared. And so it's really a good idea to to sit down and have these meetings ahead of time. And then also your advisor can help make sure that you're on track. You know, we can do annual checkups to see how we're going. Are we are we executing like we thought we would uh, or if or if not, uh, you know, sometimes you got to make adjustments. Right. You, something can happen in your life that could alter things. So it's a good idea to not wait until, you know, six months before your retirement to make sure you've got these things in place. Sure. And, you know, one of the things that uh, that we talk about is, and, and and I'm sure that you have these conversations every day, uh, so when do you want to retire? Do you have a date in mind? Do people have a date or is it an age? Is it a, a time of year? What, I mean, what what's the general consensus? Well, I, <laughs> the general consensus is, uh, well, I wish I could have retired last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, all right, fair enough. <laughs> you know, so, so most folks that I sit down with, a lot of people that I see in the late 50s, early 60s, and, and um, you know, I, I think most of them would like to retire now, right? They'd like to get started on retirement right now. Um, but generally speaking, it's, it's advisable. It's a good idea to keep working because those last four or five years, you can really put away a lot more money uh, and give yourself the cushion that you might need later in life. If, you're, if you happen to be one of those folks that are blessed with a long life, a long, healthy life, life I hope, um, you know, you live into your 90s or, or, I mean, how many people we have living past the age of 100 now? Uh, it's incredible. You could have a 40 year retirement. And, and so it's, so, so that's the reason I recommend people uh, that folks keep on working, especially if you like your job, you like the people you work with, you know, physically you're, you're, you're perfectly fine continuing it. Um, if there's no other outside pressures on you, then I always try to encourage folks to keep on working. And it's simply because I want us to have as much of a cushion as possible because, you know, for instance, what if a long-term care need comes up? 
Long-term care can easily cost $100,000 a year now. In fact, up 110, 120, 130, I've seen in some places. For instance, in Scott, you know, some of the nicer places like Scottsdale, uh, you could spend $120,000, you know, $10,000 a month Goodness for a long-term gracious. care facility. That's, a, that's you know, a lot of money. It, it, it's an awful lot of money, and, and the prices don't look like they're going any direction other than higher, right? And, and then obviously the answer is, the, the truth is that most of us don't have, don't have any idea if we're going to need it at some point. You know, the, statistically, uh, about two-thirds of the population will need some form of long-term care, but the question is, you know, are you going to, are you, are you, do you think you'll actually be in a facility like one of these memory care facilities? Those are the ones that are most expensive. Uh, or maybe you get lucky and you just need somebody to come, you can stay in your house and maybe somebody just comes over to your house, you know, helps you out two, three days a week or something. A lot of folks do that. Uh, but the truth is we don't know. But what we do know is that it's going to be very expensive if you need to be in a facility. So a big part of the buffer that I recommend people create in terms of their budgeting is for that purpose to make sure they've got the money for long-term care if they need it. And there's pretty innovative ways to create that, you know, to make sure that you've got that covered. And I know we've talked before, we don't have to dig into it too far here, but we've talked about life insurance as an option. I mean, there's a lot yes. of different things, you know, the HSA, you could load that up. I mean, yes. there's, there's a lot of options out there. there. There's a lot, you know, and that's good news, right? There's good yeah, news is sure. there's a lot of options. You know, some of these policies, like there are hybrid policies with life insurance, hybrid policy with, with annuity contracts, and what that means is that, you know, you, you can utilize the money is available for you if you need it for a long-term care purpose. But if you don't need it for that purpose, uh, you could either leave it to your beneficiary in the form of life insurance, you know, or with an, an annuity, you could use it yourself for, for any other purpose, you know. So, so it's not like there's, it's not like auto insurance that there's like one option, right? And if you don't use it, then you could say, well, you didn't, you didn't have to spend the money on it. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are hybrid policies. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of those hybrid policies for the record. Uh, so, so going back to what we we're talking about, the first thing is figuring out, as we said, your checklist is figuring out retirement date. Um, that that can be a tough one. You know, the consensus is, is probably in the six, around sixty six is what I'm going to say now. Okay. In terms of the cons, you know, the date most people or the age most people look at. Uh, but one thing I want to remind everybody of, uh, and one of the reasons why you want to do their planning early and set, set yourself on on track earlier, is because about half the population retires earlier than they expected to. And, and that could be due to, due to a layoff. It could be a company relocating. Uh, and a lot of times it's due to a health situation. You know, in other words, the person's some health situation arose that, that is making it uncomfortable or, or, you know, impossible for the person to keep working. A lot of people have had to stop working and have gone into an early retirement because of a health, health a deteriorating health condition. Of course. So, so, and that's hard to see, right? That you, it's very hard to see that one coming. Usually, you don't get a notice. You don't get a text message that says, "Hey, this is coming up." So, <laughs> I wish you did. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice, right? <laughs> it would be nice. You know, so so it's important that you have you know that you, we have a plan and you have your goal, but then you also want to have a plan B, right? Maybe a plan C as well. You know, what if you don't make it to that point? What could you possibly adapt? What could you revise? You know, maybe you move into a smaller house, maybe you move to a less expensive uh, you know, city, a place where the cost of living isn't so high. Any number of possibilities are there, but we want to make sure we've got a plan to address it should that need arise. Sure. And yeah, so as we talk about this, we have to talk about income because that's really the thing that's going to make our retirement. It's going to make or break our retirement is the income. And where is, is. That, where is that money coming from? No, no question about it. And, and you know, the thing is, I always think about my father because my father was a union guy. He was, you know, worked out in the heavy, heavy construction equipment, you know, the bulldozers and the earth moving equipment, things like that. Um, but he was in Illinois. And uh, I, I think up, I think in the northern part of the country, I think unions are 
I think they're still more prevalent. Um, but I, either way, the point is that he had a pension. He had a pension plus his Social Security. And between the two, it covered all of his monthly expenses for him and my mother, everything they wanted to do. And, and he had extra money left over for traveling and things like that from an income standpoint, right? My father never put away a lot of money. They never saved a lot of money. They raised six kids. Um, I'm surprised they were able to save any money at all, to be honest. Um, but but the reason they were able, he was able to, he retired at 60. He retired at the age of 60. And he did it, he was able to do it because of his pension, okay? If he didn't have that pension plan, he would not have been able to retire at that age. And he definitely would not have had the lifestyle that he had when he was retired, okay? So the problem though now is that most of us don't have pensions anymore. Unless you work for a public government entity, in most cases, you're not going to have a pension anymore. So if you work for a city or a state or a federal government, um, then you might be lucky that you have a pension. Uh, but if you're not in that situation, then then it's up to you, right, to fund your own retirement and to make sure you've got money put away, that you have that income coming in that you need. And one of the ways that I do like to do this, I think an excellent way to do it, is by looking at annuity contracts. Uh, and guys, annuity, it's not a bad word. There's a lot of people that give it a bad rap. They lump them all together like they're all the same when that couldn't be further from the truth, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of different types of annuities. There's a lot of different terms and they can be very complicated. So it, I don't think you should you know, avoid them because they're complicated, though. I think what you should try to do is find somebody that you feel good about, that you trust, an advisor that's got experience and hopefully as a fiduciary. So, you know, they're putting your interests first and they can help you figure it out and see if it'd be a good fit. Or maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe, maybe that's not something you need. Um, I'm not here to push anything on anybody, but I personally do like the aspect of an annuity that provides you guaranteed lifetime income so that you know, even if you live to 105 and the account value went to zero 10 years ago, that's going to keep on paying you. That is the only account that will keep on paying you after the balance goes to zero. That's really refreshing to be able to, to, be able to have that and, and to have that tool, if you will, available and to have someone like you help us put it into place and knowing that, you know, boy, you talk about taking the worry out of retirement. Yeah, that's what it does. It's, I tell you what, you know, you know, to me, if the way that I look at it, if I know that I've got enough money coming in every month between my social security and whatever the other source of income is, I, I just, you know, personally speaking, I'm going to sleep a lot better at night. If I know that it's guaranteed and stable, as opposed to, you know, living off of stock market withdrawals. Um, and now don't get me wrong. A lot of people do that and they're, and they're seemingly comfortable with it. Um, but it depends on your personality and it's not suitable for everybody because if you're a really easygoing person and you're not stressed at all and you don't worry at all about the ups and downs of the market. Uh, for instance, this Monday, I think it was, we had what, 900 point drop or something. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah. That was, you know? a, that was a jaw dropper for a lot of folks. Yeah. So if your jaw didn't drop, you didn't care about it, you're not worried about it at all, then then you might be somebody that's perfectly comfortable with, with a balanced portfolio and you live off withdrawals from the market. The risk, of course, is that your portfolio drops in value as you're taking money out, which is going to accelerate the rate of decline of that portfolio. Because if it's going down due to market forces, you know, say it drops 10 or 15% and you pull out another 5%, that's a 20% hit of your portfolio. And it's not going to sustain itself if you continue those withdrawals, then it continues to drop in value because of market forces. So, so what I like to do, I like to recommend uh, that everybody, for in, in terms of all of your set expenses, you know, uh, the, you, the expenses, you know, you, you know, food, shelter, things like that, right? That's what I'm talking about, making sure you can pay for your insurance and you can pay all your electric bills, utility bills. 
I think your recurring expenses, uh, your fixed expenses, I personally think they should be covered by guaranteed sources of income because that is going to remove a huge headache and a, and a potentially large source of stress if that's not the case. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, it's, it's an individual call, but annuities can be a great vehicle to do that. Uh, you just want to make sure you're with somebody that knows what they're doing because there are some contracts out there that I would not, I would definitely not recommend. And so how do we, and again, I guess that's where working with you comes in because you know the difference between what's good and what isn't, what makes sense, what doesn't. And, and then you just lay out the options for us. Yeah, no, that's exactly, that's exactly what I do. And I'll tell you it, um, it, and, and guys, these can be confusing. So, so, so you just want to, um, you know, what I like to say is that if, if, if your expectations are set properly, okay. In other words, don't expect to figure these things out in one conversation. All right. I mean, I personally, I, I do this every day of my life. I've been doing it for 31 years and I still have to double check these to make sure that I understand what's going on because these companies always come up with, they come up with new varieties and you want to think of every other industry out there. Like, like, let's say the car manufacturer, they're always trying to improve the car, right? Make it faster or safer or more fuel efficient or, or make it electric, whatever it might be. They're always trying to improve it. The same thing takes place in the financial products world. Companies are always trying to recreate, come up with a better way, a better, you know, a better strategy, um, you, you know, and, and so think they're not the same as they were 10 years ago or even five years ago. Uh, but some of these policies can have high expenses and that's, and think about the investment world. Some investments have high expenses, right? There are mutual funds or exchange traded funds that have ridiculously high expenses. And most people know to avoid those, um, you, you know, because you don't have to pay those fees usually. Uh, you know, you can do, get something cheaper. And with annuities, they have some options, for instance, that, um, you know, when they, with a guaranteed lifetime income, many times there's going to be a fee associated with that. It might be 1%, could be 1.5% per year that's being deducted from your account value. So you want to make sure you're aware of it and that it, and that makes sense to you. In other words, is it worth it, right? Because there are other contracts that you could get into that have no fee, right? They're not going to pay you as high of income. It's, it's just how they work. But they don't. But there's no fee, you know. So, so maybe you're the maybe your personality would rather have no fee and a lower income because you know it's still guaranteed to you. It's just not going to be as much money. Other people look at me and they say, Kevin, I don't really care what the fee is because I'm planning on taking this income for the rest of my life, you know. And and so I'm fine with whatever the fee is. Some people will tell me I don't care about the fee. I want the highest income, and usually the highest income has a, a, you know one of the highest fees. And so, I mean, again, there's, boy, like you said, there's a lot of moving parts here and there's, and it can be yes. confusing, obviously. And, and it makes uh -huh. sense to be able to sit down with somebody like you to have that discussion. Folks, if that's something you'd like to do, give him a call, give Kevin a call. It's 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717, whether it's talking about annuities, whether, I mean, you know, the guaranteed income, the guaranteed increasing income all the way to and through retirement or all the way yes. through retirement. That's really what we want, isn't it? I well, I I think so. I mean, because you know, let's look at inflation. Look at how much prices have gone up just oh, in the last God. couple of years. I mean, just right? in the last couple of months, it seems. <laughs> in the last couple of months, especially if anyone's traveled. If you guys have traveled, I mean, I was shocked. I recently went back to Chicago to to see some of my you know family and friends and clients back there, and I was shocked. Rental car prices. I couldn't even get a a, a cheap, the smallest of the cheap cars. You know, subcompact. It was like a hundred dollars a day Goodness. at Midway Midway Airport in Chicago, and. Uh, you know, everything has just gotten more expensive, whatever you want to blame it on, on COVID or 
what whatever. To me, I get to the point where I say I don't really care what caused the price to go higher. It's it's what we got to pay, right? But it did. And, but it did, and yeah, you're right. We've got to pay it. You you got to pay it. And and so so what I so what I'm pointing out is imagine you're on a fixed income, right? Imagine your income did not increase in the last year at all, but yet now you're paying five percent, eight percent, ten percent, or more. You know, for those individual for whatever it is you're buying, and that means your standard of living has gone down, right? Yeah. Because if if everything you buy costs you five percent more, but you've got the same amount of money, obviously you can you can you have to buy less, which means your cost of living is going down. And if that's the situation you're in for 20, 25, 30 years, I, I think that could be pretty miserable by the time you're in your eighties. So so I think it's very important that when you look at income, if you're looking for income, one thing I like to do, I like to ladder it. And, and a lot of people have heard about bond laddering. Right. Um, you know, well, well, I do I do it with annuities. I do it with sources of income. And what that means is that you have you set up a portfolio and you structure it so that different things come. It can be coming due. You know, like people will ladder CDs. So you have a CD coming, maturing in three years, another in four, another in five, another in seven, and so on. And so the idea is that as these things mature at different points in time, you're going to be able to take advantage of the current economic environment at that time. And, and so we do, you can do it with annuities, whereas uh, we can set up, let's say, three contracts. It could be any number of policies, but we set them up so that one of them you plan to start income maybe in three years, maybe another in five, maybe another in seven, another in 10. And so what that does is it gives you an increase in the amount of guaranteed income you have coming in, and you're increasing, by increasing it every few years, you're automatically giving yourself a bump to deal with inflation, right? In other words, you're giving yourself a higher income. To help you either you know stay eat stay ahead of inflation or at least stay even to it, so that as time goes by, your cost of living does not go down. All right, we want to make sure you're safe, you're comfortable, and that you can do everything you want to do and have a have an enjoyable retirement. Right. Right. You you, you don't want to be stressed about whether you know how much your your costs are going to go up and are you going to be able to afford that vacation you want to take next right, year. Right. Right. Well, again, you know, you talk about inflation and and you know we can. I mean, the last few years it's been relatively low. It's certainly a lot more this year than it has been in the past. And and that's to be expected. So again, we've got to plan for that and, you know, adjust our retirement plans accordingly. Yes, that's a hundred percent right. And, 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 you know, so what we're talking about, you know, you want to, we want to make sure we're looking at your social security benefit. We want to look at the timing of when you claim your social security. Cause you know, we've talked many times that uh, that's one of the very few things that is guaranteed to go up at almost 8% per year, guys. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I recommend many times that folks wait as long as you can to claim because there is nothing else, nothing right now in this country is guaranteed to go up at an 8% rate. All right. <laughs> exactly. You're lucky if you can get half of that. I mean, think, look at your bank and the interest rates they're paying. And then look at how much, you know, Social Security is going to increase every year. So I say, you know what, that's guaranteed to increase almost 8% per year. You know, let that let it keep going up as long as you can. If you can wait till 70, you're going to give yourself about a 25, 26% increase over what you would have gotten at 66 or 67. That's amazing. So those are the kinds of things that you talk about every day with folks that, that you know, the maximizing Social Security, taking into account maybe annuities, talking about, you know, increasing income over time. And, and those are all, you know, it's all yes. important stuff. Volatility in the market is a fact. 
What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. about peer growth i know that monday you know we, sure, we, mentioned, sure. we mentioned monday as a as a day that i mean it you know again i think if you looked at the market that day and you didn't look at it any other time you would think oh my gosh we're we're going down yeah it was it was scary i mean it was a little bit scary i i think uh you know um anybody that did look at it you know virtually everything almost everything was down i think every sector was down right i think util- utilities might have been the only one that was up um, you know, but a lot of people have gotten out of utilities in the last couple of years because all the te- all the textbooks, you know, the e- economics 101 textbooks teach you that typically you want to get out of a new, you don't want to be in a new, I'm sorry, in utilities in a rising interest rate environment, right? Because everybody thought interest rates were going higher. A lot of people were saying to stay out, you know, get out of utilities. Uh, but look what, look what happened. The 10-year treasury went all the way up to 1.7. You know, I say all the way up jokingly because that's not very high. Uh, but that move back down from 1.7 to 1.1 or 1.2, you know, that's what caused a lot of the big tech stocks to break out, um, and and that's what's been going on going on recently here. But then on Monday, um, the market came in and decided it wanted to worry about the Delta variant of COVID, and and so on Monday the, it was like, oh, Europe is not, you know, the U.S. the U.S. is is so far ahead of all these other countries on vaccinations. Um, that a lot of the talk was, you know what, these other countries and these other parts of the world, they're not going through the boom, you know, the reopening boom like we are because they don't have anywhere near as many people vaccinated. And then we start hearing about all these de- this Delta variant being more contagious. And so the fear came out and everybody said, well, what if we have, what if we have a double dip? What if we have another dip if, because of COVID? And it's worse. It's worse than the first time because now we got a big population that believes all these nonsense conspiracy theories so we got a bunch of people that are not vaccinated, and yet we've got a more contagious variant of the disease. So does that mean it could get worse? And and to me, I, th- I think personally, I think it's a good possibility. You know, as, as long as all these pol- I I hate to get political, but for the life of me, I don't understand why why the, there's so many Repu- seemingly all Republican politicians t- coming up with all this nonsense about why you shouldn't get a vaccine, and, and even though they've probably had theirs, um, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand this this why they want their base to not be vaccinated and why they want the people that are voting for them to possibly die because they don't get the vaccine makes no sense to me. All right. So I hope everybody will get the vaccination. I had mine months ago. My wife had hers. 
Uh, and I'm not worried at all. I'm really not worried at all about COVID anymore. Maybe that's foolish. Um, well, but everything no, that I, I'm with you, you know? I mean, yeah, my wife got vaccinated. I got vaccinated. I mean, you know, there was a longer process because of, oh, because I had COVID and I had to wait anyway. Yeah. Neither yeah. here nor there, but I am no regrets folks. I mean, you know, oh, I'm feeling, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Oh, you know, I feel great. I feel great about it. You know, and, and somebody asked me if I had the shot the other day, I'm like, of course. And they say, why do you say, of course? And I said, well, I can't, I can't even for a second imagine not getting the vaccine. It, Guys, vaccines have solved so many major diseases in this in this country, in this world. If it wasn't for vaccines, I mean, we would be in such a horrible condition well, you know, versus you think, where we are now. I was having this discussion with somebody the other day. We talked about polio and, you know, how yeah, we got yeah. polio vaccines in, in grade school. Yes. How about smallpox? Smallpox, right? same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, diseases that have eradicated huge pieces of the population, all right, We've been able to, I should, I say we, I'm not, I shouldn't, I'm not trying to take credit here. We have some very, very bright individuals that have created these vaccines. Yes, these were created quickly. Um, but guys, I mean, 150 million people or something have gotten their vaccine, have got been vaccinated and you don't see them all dropping over. You're, you're like a thousand times more likely to die from COVID than you are from a vaccine. And, and. So anyway, I, 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 I digress here. Right. That's um, okay. No, it's good. It's important to have those discussions, I think. And, and you know, so we, we kind of got off track a little bit. We were talking about pure growth. You were saying that, you know, Monday yes. probably you kind of had a little burp. Uh, yes. even, even with that. So let's talk about it. No, you know what? I'm, I'm, and I appreciate you bringing me back to this, Steve, because I want folks to know I've been talking about the pure growth portfolio, which is an account that I manage um, that I started about a year ago managing. And and, and just a, just a quick to, to, to refresh everybody's memory, if you haven't heard about this before, um, this is a strategy that is a rules-based strategy. And, and what I mean by that is that I, I look at some of the best investors of all time, guys like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, William O'Neill that started Investor's Daily Newspaper, and, and they all have, have established rules for investing and buying. How do they buy a stock? It's based on a certain number of parameters, a certain number of maybe it's characteristics or however you want to define it. They've come up with a strategy that when they screen for a stock, you know, you come up with, it could be based on revenue growth or earnings growth or market share. It could be insider activity. It could be based on any return on equity, any fundamental thing that you can measure and any technical aspect you can also measure. Um, and I like to put together the two of them. Technical is, is looking at trading patterns and things like that. And the most successful investors have put together strategies based on rules that they follow and they believe that are effective in choosing a winning stock. And so what I did is I went back and I've got strategies that I backtest on the computer and you can say, well, what if I did A, B, and C for the last you know, 40 years, what would have happened? And when I backtest these portfolios, it shows returns of over 25% per year going back to 1980, okay? So it's just a 40-year time frame. And I said, you know what? This is very compelling, right? Yeah. I wanna make sure, I wanna see how this thing works. And so I took it live. Uh, where I started buying and selling stocks last middle of July, it was July 14th of last year. Uh, and we, so we just passed our one year date. And in that one year period of time, uh, I closed out of 31 positions. Uh, I, the portfolio typically only has between five and 10 stocks, but it's all stocks. There's no margin. There's no debt. There's no loans. There's no crazy, you know, Wall Street, you know, der derivative products. And they're nothing like that. I'm simply buying stocks, uh, but I'm looking for them to move right away. We're looking for them to move within the next one or two months. Uh, and, and so it's not a long-term strategy, it's a trading strategy. And the reason I'm doing it and th that I did it is I want to demonstrate that I've got a successful method for picking winning stocks. 
And, and so far, I believe it's proven it out. Uh, we finished the first year with a 64% net gain. Um, and approximately one out of three of the stocks that I pick, are, I'm wrong. They don't go up, they go down. And, and so what I try to do is minimize those losses. I try to get out with, with, with a single digit loss if possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Um, you know, but the point is we're not always right. The only way you can do a portfolio like this is you have to accept and acknowledge that we're going to be wrong some of the time. It's simply impossible not to be. Uh, and, and really what you want is, is if we're right more than we're wrong, we should do very well. And like I say, we've got a 64% gain through the first 12 months, but on Monday, by Monday, so from uh, what two, two or three trading days, the portfolio dropped 10%. It dropped 10% from its peak, okay? And, and now it's picked back up. Um, and, and right now we're sitting on a, about a 61% gain. But in other words, we gave up three or 4% in that last week. Sure. And so, so I want people to realize that if you look at that portfolio, you, you, you have to understand that it, there is no way we're going to achieve returns like that without having positions that, that they move, right? They can move 10% in a day easily. And, and so it's an aggressive portfolio. It is not suitable for everybody. Um, but the thing to remember is that what I'm trying to show is it's a strategy of selecting winning stocks. And so it doesn't mean you have to put all of your money or even a piece of money into the whole portfolio. What, it, what I do, I've got a lot of clients that are conservative or moderate. And so we'll take 10 or 15 or 20% of their portfolio and we'll use that piece to buy the stocks and the rest of the portfolio, 80, 85% of the portfolio can be conservative, right? With like exchange traded funds and things like that. And, and the strategy is it's, it's so far, it's working out beautifully. It's working out very well. Well, and again, the, but it's so no, obviously you're not concerned about, you know, about dropping a few percent uh, no. you know, in terms of this and, and it, it's to be expected, right? I mean, it's, it, to, it, and, yes. and you have to anticipate what's going on and, and that's what you do. That's that's exactly what I do, and and so for instance on this portfolio on Monday I didn't change a thing. I I I think it's a mistake. You, I believe majority of the time it's a mistake to make a move. You know, let's say let's say when when the market drops like it did, and and for some people some people will panic and say just get me out, just sell it, I don't care. And and generally speaking, that you know within a week or a couple of weeks that you can look back on it and say well that was a mistake, and and so. Um, we didn't make any changes, but if you're watching the portfolio on a day-to-day -day basis, you could look and say, wow, we dropped 10% in the last three days, right? right. And, and so there is volatility and volatility we measure, uh, not to get too wonky, but we, we talk about something called standard deviation, which is how much variability there is in an investment or a portfolio. And typically the market has a standard deviation of, I want to say 15 or 16 percentage points in the course of a year. Um, and this portfolio is probably twice that. So it, it's aggressive. And typically speaking, when you're going for higher returns, you just have to accept that there's going to be bigger fluctuation in the value of your portfolio. Um, because one, we're going with a concentrated portfolio to hit to try to get bigger returns. And two, we're going into stocks that are, we call them higher beta, which means they do move around more and they're usually younger. So these might be small cap or mid cap stocks. Uh, sometimes I buy the large cap, like, you know, Google, I picked up a, a couple months ago. Uh, we've got about a, I want to say about an 11% profit in Google in the last two, two and a half months. So it's not always the smaller ones, but uh, a lot of times it is, and that can create more volatility. And so you just want to, I talked before about setting expectations. So you want to tell yourself, and you want to set the expectation in your mind that if you're doing anything like that, to just to, to know, know going into it, that you're going to have days where you're losing money. 
you're going to have periods of time where it does not look good. All right. Um, but that is the trade-off. You've got to be willing to go through to kind of work through that pain in order to get to the other side, if you will. Well, and again, we're not talking about like an annuity guaranteed income here. We're talking about no. you want growth and you're trying to, I mean, obviously that's what you call it, pure growth. That's what you're looking for. And there's a certain it, amount of risk that goes with that. There is no question about it. And, and it's only designed, like I said, the, the primary reason I did it is to demonstrate that, that I've got a strategy for selecting stocks that that's working. Um, not necessarily to say, hey, everybody, let's let's put your money into this portfolio. I think it's perfectly fine for a piece. It's fine for a piece of a portfolio. Um, you know, I like to think of, I, I like to talk about it like a bucket approach, you know, like maybe one bucket, we put in aggressive growth to try to, you know, hit the ball out of the park. Oh, yeah, sure. But then maybe, you know, but then maybe you've got four or five other buckets, you know, that it could be, it could be everything from guaranteed conservative, you know, index annuity, you know, to a moderate portfolio and everything in between, you know, so we've got it allocated across a spectrum of products, you know, that serve different purposes. And so that's the key to, to investing is that the benefit to, uh, and, and this guy, I forget the guy's name that won a Nobel Prize for modern portfolio theory back, I think in the 1950s or something. Um, he was one of the first people, I believe, that could demonstrate the, the benefit of diversification of cross-asset classes and the benefits come from having things moving in different directions at the same time. In other words, if everything that you owned on Monday went down, then you don't have a well-diversified portfolio. There oh, should have been point. some, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so take, take a look. Those days are good for, I call, you know, I call, I like to use them for instruction for you know, lack of a better way of saying it. In other words, watch how your portfolio behaves when we have these extreme, extreme days, you know, like a day, like Monday, if everything in your account went down, then I, then I'd suggest taking a look at your allocation and make sure it's diversified and balanced how you want it to be. Um, but also use it as a gut check. Ask yourself how you felt about that. Are you okay with it? If you if you got a long time horizon, you know what? When you see a day like that, you should be adding to your holdings. All right. If you've got a short time horizon, you're getting ready to retire. You want to make sure you've got your, your your income sources taken care of. You've got money protected so that if you lose money in the stock market, it's not going to impact your standard of living. That makes perfect sense as well. And again, boy, we've cruised through a lot of stuff here today, <laughs> cruising through retirement. And and um, so, what's the takeaway today for us, Kevin? <clears throat> You know what? I, I think the takeaway is is to to make sure you know how much you're risking, and and make sure you know you know if you've got what you need to have to give you the income you're looking for in retirement. I say let's take let's make sure you're safe and you've got your income needs taken care of first. Let's do that first, and then and then look at possible sources of growth. I'm not saying put everything in conservative products, um, but I think if you get if you get those things taken care of first, when we see a down day like Monday in the market. You, you won't care about it at all. You'll be out, you know, just enjoying yourself. Well, and, and that's how it should be. That's, that's really what retirement should be. Yes. It, it should be, it should be stress-free, right? Stress-free, right. Yes. you know, not, not worrying about those things. And uh, you know, but uh, I think it's important you have those different products in your portfolio. Um, and if, if you're looking for safety or income, take a look at annuities. You owe it to yourself to check them out and give them a, give them thoughtful consideration if you decide it's not for you, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, they're not for everybody. But I've got a lot of clients that are very happy with them, and a lot of them are showing double-digit returns in the last 12 months. I like the sound of that. Well, and again, so, folks, if you want to reach out to Kevin, it's 800-975-6717. Kevin, as always, it's a, it's a learning experience for me every week when we sit down and have these conversations. I, I just There's so much that I learn every week. Oh, I tell you what, Steve, I, I appreciate that. And, and, and guys, there is... There, there's a, there is a lot of information out there. It can be tough to dissect it and go through it all. 
and make sense of it all. Um, you, you know, so, so you take, don't, don't worry about trying to do anything too quickly. Um, and make sure you can sit down with somebody that's putting your interests first ahead of their own and ahead of their firms. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.